Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this Sunday evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, who we got a lot to get to. Islanders played four games, won three of them, go figure. And uh, trade deadline is less than a week away. Players are already moving. Wheels are in motion. Sources are on high <laughs> alert. It's a crazy time of year. And the Islanders just keep making it crazier by winning games <laughs> when they probably shouldn't be. But uh, it's been, a, it's been a good week for the Islanders, believe it or not. Yeah. I mean, what an ex- extravaganza we have uh, today uh, yeah. to talk about three wins. Um, the one on Monday being a true signature win, the two wins over the Winnipeg Jets in a week. Um, mm. The uh, Arnaud Durando experience. Mm. Uh, it's, this week, it, it I, I said today that them beating the Jets, I think, would be as surprised as I'd been uh, with a result from this team all season. And I said the same thing about before the Penguins game on Monday, too. Hmm. Uh, but hindsight, like looking at that Penguins team, like they're actually just, you know, they're not that good. And <laughs> But um, considering that the Jets were coming off of getting shellacked by the Avalanche, I expected a pretty big push for them. But the Islanders appropriately played a very Trotsian game on a Trotsian day Mm. as we'll talk about later but uh they are surprising us for the right reasons right now Mm. which they seem to alternate uh, (laughs) whether they were surprising for the right or wrong reasons and there's so much going on kind of around them right now 
I will say, like, they did have uh, the tongues flapping uh, on Monday after they beat the Penguins, but I feel like it was more about, you know, what are the Penguins going to do than the Islanders doing this. Right. Um, so, like, they, they had a little bit of tension, but after that result, you know, they beat the Jets kind of quietly, and uh, so much has gone on around them that I think people are starting to maybe – sleep on the Islanders a little bit. Um, and I'm not saying that as like, a, hey, the Islanders are a Stanley Cup contender. They look like a contender. No, I'm saying like, maybe people are starting to realize that this team has kind of fought an uphill battle all season long and they're still doing it. Matt Barzell is out. Uh, his his day-to-day turned into, uh, looked like for the rest of the season and then was clarified to week to week. Mm. Um that feels like it was five weeks ago, but it <laughs> happened right after we recorded our last episode. Right. Um, and I think people kind of just wrote off the Islanders. And what what we've learned from this team, uh, this core, uh, is that that is their favorite thing, mm-hmm. is when they get written off uh, by everybody. And mm-hmm. I've written them off, man. It's at, six or seven different times during 2023, the, the sure. calendar year, like, like, you know, <laughs> last like month. The, right. Yeah. Um, and there's still such a, a long way to go. And I think you look at this, this, this playoff race right now, and uh, you flip a coin basically on who's going to get in and who's going to not. And they're still going to be kind of screwed without Barzell a little bit, but the kind of gumption that, that we've been, looking for because we've seen it before from this team this isn't people at wondering like where the old islanders went wasn't just kind of something we made up out of the blue like they earned <laughs> this this reputation as a bear like a mm. you know you're gonna have to earn every inch against the islanders right they earned that reputation uh then they they seeded it last season and we thought we were gonna get that back and there were times this year it looked like they were kind of starting towards playing that style again and um Right now, it they are like they're making you, they're making you earn it, uh, no matter who's in the lineup, no matter how. Like the Islanders roster, especially that's that that Kings game and and the Jets game. You look at that roster and you said, "Boy, this could be the worst twenty skater lineup in the NHL on this, <laughs> uh, you know, in, right now." Right. Um, and but they still they made those teams earn. I know the Kings won, but it wasn't like I thought the Islanders played okay. Uh, but like they did play hard in that game, I would say. And uh, yeah, they, like their that reputation is slowly kind of seeping back into the DNA, and nobody's going to realize it. And everyone's just going to say, you know, if they get in, like, oh, like this sucks. Like, why did this? <laughs> why do they have to get in at the expense of Sidney Crosby or Tage Thompson or mm. the Winged Wheel? Wouldn't right. it have been nice? The NHL is always better when the Red Wings are good, isn't that right? Yeah. The, Red, the <laughs> NHL is always better when the Sabers are good, right? Like you well, never it's more about the long-suffering Sabres fans getting some right. some much-needed playoff time. But yeah, okay, yeah, look out! Like this, uh, this team isn't giving up yet. Hmm. Uh, I'm not giving up on them yet. And and the win, I think the the when they lost to the Kings, we talked about timing so much. And what was so scary about that loss was this little two two game road trip hmm. takes us into the trade trade deadline. So they needed right. to get one of these wins, yeah. whether it be against the Jets or the Wild. Because because the schedule coming out of the trade deadline is Detroit, Buffalo, Washington, and Pittsburgh, some combination of those four teams in a row. Right. Um, so getting these two points on Sunday 
was just a monstrous result mm. uh, and one that should inspire at least belief. Like there's a difference between confidence and belief. And right now um, I believe in this group uh, mm. and it, and it's great too. Like I love believing in them. Yeah. This was a big week for belief, I think. And a lot of it has to do with who they beat. Uh, we're probably going to blitz through these games pretty quickly because we do want to talk a lot about the, uh, the trade deadline, which again is on Friday the third. Um, but these were three pretty huge wins against some pretty interesting competition. The Penguins game goes without saying they won four, two. That's the second straight win over the Penguins. They had beaten them the the week before. Also, uh, they beat the jets two to one and then they beat them again for nothing today on Sunday. Um, you know, the jets obviously aren't a, a, you know, competitor for the Islanders, but they've been really good this season. And, and they're a team that has some playoff aspirations. And, I got to tell you, the Islanders handled them pretty handily. I called them the, the Midipeg Jets uh, after today's game because they didn't show a whole lot. Uh, they, were, <laughs> um, they were not really great. And uh, that's not to take anything away from Ilya Sorokin, who made 25 saves on um, uh, uh, Wednesday. Uh, again, I had to remember what day it was. Against the Jets in a 2-1 win. And that's nothing to take away any, any way anything from Simeon Varlamov, who made 23 saves in Sunday's 4 nothing win. So... Uh, they played really well, and I've got to say that Sunday's game might be the most uh, Trotzian game of the season. Is yeah. that true? Uh, I mean, the, the my favorite part of both of these games, I'll just cut right to it, was at the end of the uh, Wednesday game, um, Simon Holmstrom gets the goal, the go-ahead goal. He gets crushed in the corner, and he comes out, and he gets a feed from Horvat, and he scores. And... Uh, you know, they go up 2-1, and you think, okay, well, now the Jets are going to turn it on. The Islanders ground the Jets into Hamburger for the next five minutes. And, yeah, they had a couple of shots on the power play, I think, at one point. But Oh, no, the Islanders run a power play, sorry, for the last two. But it was a fantastic final five minutes, and it was very, very reminiscent of the 2019 to 2021 Islanders that would do that all the time for whole games. And it was great to see. And then today's game was, again, very – very trotzy and they never let anything kind of get crazy that the jets did have a little bit of pressure, particularly in the, towards the end of the second period, but the Islanders withstood it, gave up really nothing. And then Brock Nelson comes down, scores a great goal. <laughs> you know, uh, Roe Horvath got a shorthanded goal kind of out of nowhere. The jets had one shot in the first period. They had two shots halfway through the game. And then again, they started to turn around. So, and then the third period, they really didn't have many chances at all. David Riddick was bad. Like he just the the goals he gave up were not good. Uh, and Varlamov was great, and he you know made uh, again twenty three saves doesn't sound like a lot, but you know he, he he did what he needed to do, and he was very very solid. So those were two huge games against a team that frankly has very little connection to the Islanders. But it was Monday's game against the Penguins that was really the statement. That was like what you're talking about, where people were like, oh maybe the Islanders aren't going to go away. Because what happened was that same night the Capitals lost. And decided that their season was over and they started making <laughs> trades. And again, we're going to talk all the trade deadline stuff in, in the second half, but like they decided to trade Dimitri Orlov and Garnet Hathaway to Boston for Islander killer Craig Smith and some picks. It's a totally fine deal. There's nothing wrong with it or anything, but like they just decided their season was done. Like they're, they're done chasing. They're done, you know, trying to scrape for that seventh or eighth seed, whatever. It's over. Just get rid of everything. Now the Islanders as to this point, as, as we record this are not, are not thinking that clearly <laughs> they're <laughs> like, no, we're going for this. And right now they're in seventh place. So, uh, you know, and th those, that game, the penguins game again, very well played. Um, they got rough at one point, which everybody kind of liked, but, uh, they came back and, uh, 
you know, showed the Penguins that they aren't very good, uh, the, <laughs> although they are beating the Lightning right now. So, yeah, this was a huge week. Uh, we're not going to talk much about that loss to L.A. It was it was awful. <laughs> it was boring. I don't even want to talk about it. it it's it was it was made me so angry because, of course, the, the Kings played the night before uh, and lo- and lost in overtime. And then they come into the island and look like fresh as daisies. And then, you know, the Islanders don't. So I don't even want to talk about it. But that was the one blemish on what had been a really yeah. good week for them. So we don't need to spend too much time. <laughs> and, and and it's not just the on-ice stuff that was good. That's why it's like, oh, man, are things kind of changing here? The belief, as we're talking about. Uh, right. Because for the most part, the season, it was there were some, like, things in the universe that were just – that would happen in – a different time zone and it would affect the <laughs> Islanders, right? Like right. It, 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 like these things just found a way to impact them. Um, there was one kind of annoying p- footnote of this week, which is you really, you'd have to squint to, to notice that the, or like be like me and, and look for any, whenever anything happens in, in the hockey, any news movement, mm. whatever, uh, try to find a way to feel bad about yourself and pit, have pity on the Islanders, which is, you know, the caps couldn't have traded. Craig Smith before he hurt Matt Barzell. Um, but, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, that's, that's, uh, you know, you really have to kind of jump mm. through a couple of hoops to, to make that one about how the Islanders got screwed. But um, yeah, the other, like the kind of off ice stuff, which is, is, is starting to kind of make me believe again, um, was mm. started on Monday night uh, with that win against Pittsburgh, um, where, had you just kind of taken the Pittsburgh legacy media's word for it, the Islanders showed up in uh, burglar masks, broke <laughs> broke into PPG Paints Arena, and took crowbars to the Penguins, tied them all up with ropes, uh, and and then robbed PPG Paint Arena of two points uh, and got away scot free. <laughs> Uh, because that was how it was painted, the Big Bad Islanders, it, which, right, like, I don't, I don't know who has to tell Josh Yohe or whoever <laughs> in Pittsburgh that Sebastian Ajo and Sidney Crosby, if you saw the two of them next to each other, and you asked a million people which one of these guys would beat the other guy up in a fight, they'd all everyone would say, yeah, you know, the guy who's built like a truck, Sidney <laughs> Crosby. But but apparently Sebastian Ajo incited a riot in, yeah. uh, behind the Islanders' goal, and that riot ended with Ross Johnston taking on two Penguins at the same time. Jason Zucker, I think it was, ended up... Somebody ended up punching uh, Scott Mayfield? No, yeah. Ryan Pollock. It was Ryan Pollock in the face a bunch of times in front of the ref, and you know there was a whole host of people in the, the penalty box. And, and it, it started to feel like a classic Islanders-Penguins game yeah. from... 2011 ish 2012 not the fight night game but the kind of games that were leading into that i guess we would say uh where the islanders would play hard the penguins had Sidney crosby benny malkin crystal tang whoever uh and the refs and it was basically the the script to the game was you're the islanders these are the penguins Mm. we're gonna keep giving them power plays until they score and win (laughs) and that's what it felt like and I don't know how if you kept listening to uh, Thirty Two Thoughts or the Jeff Marrick show after, like three days later, Elliot Friedman was saying, "I could, I can't believe the Penguins didn't tie that game up." Yeah, and in a way, I, I like agreed with him because I couldn't believe that they just weren't handed a five on three with like a minute left. Like, just let them tie it up, please. Like, we can't have the Penguins not get a point from this game. Mm. 
Um, and a, a kind of a forgotten note about that game because of the way this week has gone is that the Islanders started terribly in that one. They, yeah. That first period was really bad. Sorokin was awesome. Uh, and then Tristan Jarry, you know, he, the Islanders just give him the willies. <laughs> uh, I think Brock Nelson has more goals against him than any other player hmm. uh, uh, in the NHL. So he's, he owns Jerry. Then uh, I mean, Josh Bailey didn't even play that game and he was labeled the penguin killer. Yeah. Uh, Yo was another one who was like, you know, they did all this without Matt Barzell and Josh Bailey. <laughs> Dude, have you watched the Islanders at all this year? It The, the penguins beat writers have basically gotten brain worms from the Island. Like they just the the two playoff defeats, you know the the endless video of David Volek scoring, you know in in, in nineteen ninety three, the fight night game. It's just it. These guys, you talk the entire franchise. The only team in this league that is scared of the New York Islanders are the Pittsburgh Penguins. They are right. terrified from players on down. To the media, they they are terrified of the Islanders. They see guys, they see Matt Martin in their closet at night, going, "Woo!" You know, like. Meanwhile, Matt Martin has, the, you know, the the career difference in penalty minutes between Matt Martin and Evgeny Malkin is eighty penalty minutes. Like, like Martin has eighty more penalty minutes than <laughs> than Malkin. They have, they each have a thousand penalty minutes in the NHL. <laughs> so I don't know who's, you know, who's scared of who here, but. It's it's crazy. It's unbelievable. It's, it is unbelievable too, because if you think back a decade, mm. and you you told yourself that, like if you, the perfect example of of the kind of game I was alluding to, I guess, was the 2013 playoff series when mm. the Islanders lost, where the refs were, you know, that that Brian Strait holding call still to this day. I'm like yep. that was not a penalty in the playoffs, mm. man. Like with the way that series was being played and, and mm. Matt Niskanen and Kyle Poso fighting and how physical it was, you call that one in overtime. Are you kidding me? Like mm. get out of here. And, <laughs> and, but that's what, it, that's kind of what I was alluding to. Like the, the penguins, so many games over the years, the Islanders have played the penguins and the, the they would get those borderline calls every time. Whereas the Islanders, like it, they had to work so hard to get a right. penalty called in their favor. And I've talked um, about it. I've talked about it before. I will never forget uh, uh, Travis Hamanick getting a major, a five and a game for some penguin. I want to say Brooks Orpik hitting himself in the face with his own stick. Yes. And and Hamanick just happened to be standing next to him. The ref called him for it, threw him out of the game, threw him out of the game. <laughs> and then late after the game, which of course the Islanders lost, they were like, "Oh yeah, that that wasn't that wasn't a penalty. You know, we, we're going to take that five away." Well, they still lost. He still threw the guy out of the game. He was a top four defenseman. Like, what are you doing? That to me will always will always be like the signature moment for, and, from this. But and if you were someone someone visited you from the future mm. uh, at that moment and said, "In ten years, like you're going the, the Islanders are just going to scare the absolute daylights out of this." Mm. entire market like you're gonna be the boogeyman the islanders mm. are the penguins boogeyman right now uh and it all kind of started to shift like like the fight night was was like the early early seed mm. be like just you know be careful what you wish for then that playoff series happened and it was like yeah like these guys can kind of hang around and then yeah 2019 mm. that's sweet man and then yeah. since then the islanders you know put it frank to be frank here and um uh, the Islanders just kind of kicked the Penguins' ass yeah. all over the place for for a little bit here, and 
boy, does it feel good because <laughs> that that this matchup was so tilted in the wrong direction for so right. long in our fandom, and it was not only tilted, but and and the, obviously the Penguins are light years better than the Islanders sure. in their salad days. Like I'm not saying like, oh man, this 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 team with David Allstrom really just <laughs> if they just caught a break, they would have beat Sidney Crosby. Like you know, mm. it's just you know, they, those two guys can go tit for tat. Keith mm. O'Coin and running a power play versus Sidney Crosby, you can pick. <laughs> you can pick. You're, you're splitting hairs. Uh, I mean, McDonald being on the ice with any of those guys is yeah. terrifying. You know, but. Uh, but not only were they better, but they got away with so much. So the fact that we're getting to enjoy this right now um, yeah. and knowing what we've been through and knowing, you know, it's like when you're having like a, an argument and you know, you're right. And you, <laughs> and, and you're just like, I can have this. I'm going to just keep going and going and going. Cause I know it eventually like I'll be proven. Right. And that's what it feels like right now. Like, like Josh Yohe, who is a professional beat writer, right. no cheering in the press box, stamping his feet because the Islanders, uh, are, are beating the Penguins. He, he was going out of people a day later. He was still <laughs> complaining about Matt Martin. Still. Like, dude, what are you doing? You have a job. Go do it. I don't understand. What is, the, like, the, are they are these guys your cousins? Like, are they, you know, your family members? I don't understand. It's just, and then Rob Rossi was the other one who also writes for The Athletic. Like, these two guys, just like, and there are others too. They're just like, what, what are you guys talking about? Your team, okay, now listen. The wins for the Islanders were important, but like the losses for the Penguins were devastating. I mean, this this is the team you're chasing, and you just outplayed and got, came away with no points from these two games. So I could see that, but they were chanting fire. Hextall at game they got they got lit up by the Oilers right after that. Uh, and they got people were chanting fire. Hextall people saying this is what happens when you hire a flyer to run the Penguins. Uh, I was almost like, uh, yeah, we went through that whole Don Maloney thing ourselves. People were chanting fire Hextall at Nassau Coliseum in 1993, <laughs> you know, like something new to us. But yeah, the way they carry on and, and it's just like, man, get a hold of yourself. I don't understand. Get a hold of yourself is the right way to put it. <laughs> it's like, ridiculous. Man, like they just take a step back and, right. and, and like or someone, maybe someone, it's like one of those things where when you're out at a bar and, and you're with like, a, a, you're with your group of friends and then you're with like another group of friends and, one of them is in, in not your group is acting up and you're like, damn, mm. would someone just like tap that guy on the shoulder and be like, you're, right. Like just, you know, either go home and like take a cold shower or like mm. just pull yourself together, man. Like you're, <laughs> you're an adult that now in public. Right. And um, yeah, that's, that's how I kind of feel like sometimes, I mean, it's not just the, the penguins, right? But like a lot of these hockey writers right now, it's just like, mm. could someone just maybe text your colleague and be like, Hey man, like, Mm. something's going on just you can talk to me um but <laughs> this is so strange this is yeah. very strange behavior this is not yeah. good behavior at all well the athletic uh, guys aren't going to do that because they all hate the island so yeah. but but they hate them in a different way like the the leaves guys hate the islanders because their fans get on their case about their models being garbage and them giving and the islanders a, a, and islander fans have like a, a good sense of humor and right yeah about them and they're they're a little more clever and cheeky than than right. these people in Toronto are are accustomed to because they they left their sense of humor at the border or something. Yeah, but like you know, you give the Islanders a twenty percent chance to win a playoff series and they win. Guess what? People are going <laughs> to come after you. Like that's just how it is. That's what that's how we're built. The Penguins writers 
hate them because they think that they're like you said off the top, like a, like a biker gang. This is like sons of anarchy, right? Like, it's, you know, oh my god, here they come on their hogs and their like leather leather vests. You know, everybody's got patches yeah. on. Like, what what are you talking about? Yeah. What are you are you crazy again? Your be- one of your best players has almost the same amount of penalty minutes as one of the Islanders, you know, goon squad guys. Like, what are you talking about? It's it's absurd. I, I mean, you know, and there are other guys too, like that. You know, the Rangers that, people hate the Islanders too. <laughs> that made it feel so good, like so much better. Right. Oh yeah, oh, um, yeah. So so like that that leads into to, to, to the Wednesday, um, mm. you know, defensive masterclass. Right. Um, hilarious. That Simon Holstrom Holmstrom moment was. Uh, I did not see that one coming. No, <laughs> where he, he, this guy needs got, to use this shot. Like he needs to, yeah. he needs to get open and take shots because they're well, good. Yeah, well, like yeah. I, and and I think a couple of the players after the game were talking about how he's got this like really great shot. Mm. Um, and I was like, yeah, no, we 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 saw it, we've seen it mm. two whole times because I think that's it. I think the two <laughs> shots he's taken this year have gone in. Right. Um, but but to like kind of go back to the how hard the Islanders have to work for a penalty. There was a, a moment in that game where he just like got smoked in the face. Yes. The Islanders were getting called for like any little stick infraction or whatever right. in that Jets game. And and it was kind of weird how the game was called and uh to to, to for the Islanders to earn a power play <laughs> Holmstrom had to get smoked in the mush. Yeah. Uh by Blake Wheeler. And then he goes into the corner like twenty minutes later and it gets boarded. No mm. call. Gets up scores. And I would be absolutely just – I was colored surprise, man. Yeah. For a couple of reasons. One, I was watching Bo Horvat hug Simon Holmstrom, both of them wearing <laughs> Islanders jerseys, celebrating a game-winning goal. I'm like, how did, yeah. does, how did Bo Horvat get to here? Yeah. I mean, and, t- and look, Bo Horvat rocks. Yeah. Man, what a week for that guy. Seriously. Uh, he is so good. Mm. Uh, I love him. I, I can't believe how awesome this guy is. And uh, <laughs> he does – he's like – what if you bless Casey Sezikis with a ton of skill? That's right. what he reminds me of. And I think I've said it before. And like, it's, it's that is a, just such a f- good hockey player to root for. Yeah. And he's um, so like, he fits the Islander style because he just, he's almost like Brock Nelson in the sense that he's clearly very steady throughout games. Like he, his facial expression almost never changes yep. throughout the course of a game, whether he's running in on a, on a shorthanded breakaway or, you know, entry. Like, I feel like I don't even today. know what he looks like. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or he's like, you know, on the PK himself or, or defending, you know, with an empty net with, uh, with a couple of seconds to go. Like he's, he's seems like a very unflappable guy. And like the Islanders have a lot of those guys. And, and he's one that has maybe the most skill out of all of them. Nelson scored again today, which I mean, is he, I don't think he's hit 30. Oh no. Yeah. I guess he's, he passed 30. Is he like 35 yet? I'm not even sure. But I have like, no idea. But they're all been beautiful. Like everybody's yeah. saying, I mean, what an athletic freak. Nelson. That's the crazy thing is like what Horvat has kind of done just mm. by coming here and being good uh, mm. is like giving Nelson a little bit more license to be this kind of, you know, I don't know how to like he like I said he's he's Rafiki last week, but yeah. now I'm talking about like like almost like a like a trapeze kind of like mm. performer and like a circus like someone who who's doing these crazy things and always is sticking the landing. Yeah. Um, he, the, the goal he scored against the Jets today was just, nobody's going to talk about it because he's one, he's an Islander two, he's Brock Nelson and three, like he's, he's not Connor McDavid, like everyone. No, there's not going to be any, anybody tweeting out. I, I emojis at the Brock Nelson goal today, <laughs> even though I think I'm like, that is the one of the 
craftiest goals I've ever yeah. seen in my life. He completely faked Riddick out, and Brendan or Butch <laughs> made this point that like Riddick was looking for a drop pass, like he was looking yeah, for a pass. He was on the other back. side of the. He was on yeah. the other side of the goal. <laughs> wasn't even wasn't even really expecting Nelson to shoot at all, and Nelson was just like, okay, his legs, yeah. And, and a, another great part of that goal was Zach Parisi got absolutely demolished to make that play. But he ended up in the win of Jack, Zach Parisi scored a game winning goal last week where he ended up prone, right. like parallel to the ice into the boards. And then yeah. today ended up, you know, getting a huge, starting a huge goal for the Islanders in the Winnipeg Jets bench. Right. Love that guy too. So like, <laughs> yeah. but uh, Nelson yeah, has he, 27 goals, by the way. So he will finish with uh, over 30. I'm sure. Knock on wood. God love uh, him. When it's all said and done, but yeah. And and uh just another thing about Horvat too is like uh I thought so so that's a Jets game. The, the, the Kings mm. the, the Kings, like you said, I don't really want to talk much no. about that game. It was boring. <laughs> I was a little upset with the way it was coached. Uh, there was one point where the mm. Islanders came back, they just had given up a goal to go down one nothing. Then there was a TV timeout and Lambert decided to throw uh for a defensive zone face off. I believe it was Koivala, mm. uh Sezikis and Johnston. It was at least Johnston and Sezikis, and it might have been someone else, maybe Holmstrom out there. But, man, you just – you got the TV timeout. Uh, you're down one nothing in what what is an important game because they're all important. You're at home. I don't know if Russ Johnston's the guy uh, for, for this, this juncture in the game. Uh, and to tie that point home, I'm just like there – was, there was a shift where Johnston went out there. Horvat played center between Johnston. I guess Koivala got back you know, benched. It's, it's just hilarious what they're doing with these fourth line centers <laughs> right now. But it was like, so it was like Coy, uh, Horvat, Johnston and uh, Holmstrom, I guess. And I just, I mean, did, does Raj, did Bo Horvat ever even hear? It's one thing to like, be like, yeah, no, I, I, I played against that guy. Like, mm. cause, cause he, he, he played, he's probably played against a lot of these guys. But Ross hmm. Johnston like barely plays for the Islanders, and but he's been on the Islanders <laughs> roster since 2017, 2016. Like, does, <laughs> did he know who Ross Johnston was? I Absolutely not. Like, and oh, now uh, he's on the ice with him. Uh, one other thing I don't want to forget is that that Wednesday Jets game I also noted was curiously refereed as well. Yeah. Like, just a very strange game. We as we talked about too, but really all of these games have been very curiously well, except for today's, which I think was fine. Nobody really, yeah, you know, nothing really stood out. But yeah, those three games were definitely sort of like. What's going on here? <laughs> you know. I wonder if it was because like the Islanders kind of caught this, you know, some some flack for for yeah. like I said, going in and, and pulverizing well, the Penguins with, with Lane, no mercy. Clearly, like Barry Trotz used to always say that like he doesn't argue with the refs unless he's right. So he almost never said anything to the refs. You know, he was very stoic back there. It was only a couple of times when like he would kind of go off uh on something because usually because they like missed an offsides or something like that. Lane is not that guy like Lane was yelling today. I forget what call it was, but the words were not hard to read coming off of his lips. <laughs> that was a bad, you know, what in call like it was, you know, it was pretty bad. So and he's like, there's, that all the there's time. a call against Durando yeah. that Sezikis was skating around to like because they had to touch up. And he was, Sezikis was like yelling at the ref while the play was still going on. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So, you know, it, I think maybe there's something to be said for that. I know Barzell likes to kind of chirp a little bit the ref. So maybe there's something to that, but I mean, that's no excuse. Like these guys are still there to do a job. And so when, when things like, again, the, the jets game was, you'd think that the penguins game would be the worst after how we were talking about them, but like the jets game was definitely the first jets game. Anyway, 
was the worst. And, and as poor Simon Holmstrom took a lot of abuse in that game for no reason. And nobody got penalized at all. So I guess he got the final laugh in, in scoring the goal. So, um, but yeah, I mean, these were all, these were, they weren't perfect. Um, the two Jets games were definitely the best. Um, although the second period on Wednesday was pretty bad uh, from an Islander standpoint, but today's game was, was really good. Sunday's game was really good. And uh, for the most part, the game against the Penguins was really good. So yeah. um, they're starting to look like, the team that we used to root for <laughs> again, which is nice, you know, especially if they are going to make this charge for the playoffs, uh, they're going to need to be that team again. Um, let's talk about the upcoming games now, and then we'll, we'll do trade deadline stuff on the other side. Um, so only two games this week, which for the Islanders is, you know, might as well be a vacation. Basically uh, Tuesday is Minnesota at Minnesota. And that's an eight o'clock start. Uh, Cause they're, they're over there. And then Saturday is 1230 against Detroit at home. Um, Detroit is charging. They had won, I don't know, what was it, six or seven in a row at one point. Um, th- you know, like like you said, these are two huge games. You can't really afford to, you definitely can't afford to lose that Red Wings game. You gotta, you gotta definitely got to get that. It's a matinee game at home. You really need to get that. You know, the Minnesota game, I'm not going to say they can lose that game, but depending on who else is playing that night, maybe that's a game that isn't necessarily necessary, but... Uh, the Sabres, who the Islanders are going to play next Tuesday, still have 800 games in hand on. Like, it's literally five or six games in hand. So having three days off between Wednesday and Friday, you'd think would be a good thing for the Islanders because maybe the Sabres would play two games. But I, I looked at the schedule, and I don't think – I think they might have one. So it kind of sucks <laughs> that uh, they uh, they just never play. I don't know what it is about the Sabres, but they never play. But um, you know, it's good to have time off. So if the Islanders can get this win in Minnesota on Tuesday, you get three days off, you got, a, you know, an okay Red Wings team playing a matinee in your building on a Saturday. Those are two games you can take four points. And those are going to, those are, those will be four huge points because like you said, the next week is Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Washington. Are you going to be yeah. at any, are you going to be at that Red Wings game by any chance or, or no? I don't know. Uh, we're going to see Jerry Seinfeld that night. Oh boy. Yeah, so uh depends on being at 12.30. makes it a toss-up, but probably not. <laughs> go go um, to the game and then go to the show and be like, Jerry, what would you think of the uh, Islanders? Uh, Redwings <laughs> our our Islanders, Jerry, our <laughs> Islanders. I don't uh, know. He, I mean, they only they never talked about the Islanders on the show. They did have that game where they went to the Rangers game, yeah. the show where they went to the Rangers game. But, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this wild game now, it – it isn't house money because no game is house money now. Right. But just the fact that they won today like really makes it yeah. a little bit less stressful. Except obviously that, that whole day will you know you'll be a wreck, and, mm. and if they lose, it'll ruin my week. Uh, it's that catch twenty two of if they win, getting Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off will be great. Uh, just you know, scoreboard watching will be tough. But uh, and if they if they lose, it'll just be torture. Um, mm. But yeah, and and it's just it's just going to be a str- it's it's fun that they only have one game this week, right? B- because of uh, or or one game before the deadline, because like there's not much like there's not there's no well they're going to see how these three games go, right? Mm. Like there's none of that. It's it's they have one game, so they can either get two points <laughs> or they don't. And it gets the wild, so it's not like they're playing the Sabers or Red Wings now. Uh, it it would have been nice, and you know one of those kind of. You got to squint to see how the Islanders don't catch a break here. It would have been nice if if this this week coming up with the the Red Wings, uh, Sabers, 
Penguins and Capitals were the four games before the trade deadline. So the Islanders could really have a good feel for where they are um, in this playoff run before the deadline. But I'll take it. I'll take the one game. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I feel like the Islanders, the Wild, are kind of in the division with the Predators. Yeah. Uh, where the Islanders, I can't remember the last time the Islanders beat them. Hmm. Yeah, especially in Minnesota has never been really kind yeah. to the Islanders, despite the fact that like half the Islanders roster is from Minnesota. So uh, that- they won today in overtime and they, they're starting to turn things around. I don't know. The, I, again, I've said this before. The Wild will never be intimidating to me. I'm sorry. They, yeah, they just- the, the most they've accomplished as an NHL franchise actually was starting to happen this week, which is them being a money launderer for other teams making trades at the deadline where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to send some prospect and half of this guy's cap hit to the wild so that we can these two other teams that are good can make trades. So congrats on the wild for finding your niche in the NHL, I guess, as a money launderer for salary cap hits. Basically, I mean, Zach Parisi gets to go home. Yeah, I guess, oh, know, yeah, I guess the second time, too. I guess. So, yeah. Uh, and the Islanders, of course, they have uh, some some beautiful Minnesotans. So, yes, uh, that'll be nice. And. I'm, I'm I'm excited to watch Bo Horvat play more hockey. He's yes, awesome. Uh, he has been awesome. So, okay, uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the trade deadline uh, and all the trades that have already happened so far, and, and who's left. And uh, you know, maybe we won't need to watch TSN's Trade Center this year <laughs> uh, if it all keeps going as it has been going. So, uh, join us on the other side. Thanks. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now a word from our sponsors. First, as always, VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, jerseys, and more, featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and the Island merch, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Uh, We're going to be unveiling some new uh, information about Vintage Ice Hockey soon, so I will tell you to go there, buy some cool stuff, and uh, check out what they have, because they always are adding new stuff. Uh, try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All of them are delicious, priced at less than $15 a bottle, and are available at your local wine shop and at UBS Arena. Learn more at thepinotproject.com. Please drink responsibly. The fine folks at FOCO have done it again. They have another great Islanders bobblehead for you. This one is called Line Change. It's got uh, Brian Trottier, Dennis Potvan, and Dwayne and Brent Sutter all coming off the bench at the same time. And uh, you can pre-order it now. Don't wait because supplies are very, very limited. So go to foco.com, look for line change. I put the link in the description. You can check it out and I uh, get on that. It's called line change. And it's uh, really, really neat. Thanks FOCO. Uh, okay. So the trade deadline, as we said, is Friday, March 3rd. 
Uh, there are a lot of names out there, a lot of teams sort of dropping out. We're going to talk about a new one uh, in a couple of minutes and, and what their plan for the future is going to be. Very exciting. Um, but we have some deals that have already gone through. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly got traded to the Leafs. I don't think we talked about that last week, uh, along with Noel Achari. Uh, I don't know who the hell got sent to St. Louis. It doesn't matter. Uh, we talked about Dimitri Orlov and, and uh, Garnet Hathaway getting traded to Boston for Craig Smith. Uh, Nino Niederreiter, uh, who only signed a two-year contract with the Predators, apparently, with no trade protection. I'm surprised. So many of these guys get trade protection and get these long-term deals. I completely didn't even realize what the parameters of the, his deal was. But he got traded to Winnipeg, just kind of out of the clear blue sky. Did not play today. Thank you very much, Visa Issues. Because if you know if he did... He would have scored at least two goals in that game. So thank God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, you know, Niederreiter is going to be a Winnipeg Jet. Um, just this morning on Sunday, Ivan the Barber Barbashev was sent from uh, St. Louis to Las Vegas for some prospect who cares. And right now it sounds like Timo Meyer will be a New Jersey Devil and Patrick Kane will be a New York Ranger. There's some hoops to jump through. The Rangers are basically waiting for their cap space to accrue. They traded Vitaly Kravtsov to the Canucks and like, did I miss something? Like, why is this guy get, well, you talked about like, nobody's ever going to tweet about the guys emoji with Brock Nelson. Like, am I crazy? Or do people talk about Vitaly Kravtsov? Like he's done anything in this league. Like who? Like, I mean, I know we know his name because he's a Ranger and he plays here, but like the way they talked about this guy, well, they they might put him on waivers. Okay. Who cares? Like what, what does it make? Well, they traded him to St. Louis to make room. They traded. So they put, uh, uh, Jeff Lecision on waivers. Now, the Jeff Lecision? Okay, great. I'm, I'm sure that they're really going to be in a, in a bind with no Jeff Lecision. Is that his first name, Jeff? <laughs> I, no I, that. I couldn't tell you. Man, who know, Who cares? Like, who yeah. are these guys? They're nobodies. They're nobodies. Well, they're doing it to get Patrick Kane, who's a somebody, obviously. Uh, by the way, Patrick Kane, 16 goals this year. Uh, Zach Parisi, 15. So just, just kind of throwing that out there. I, I do love my favorite thing about the Kane. And we might as well talk about Kane and Maya right off the bat, right? Um, my favorite thing about Patrick Kane is that we all knew the Blackhawks were going to be bad. It's not really a surprise. They're trying to be bad. This guy, and I, he was probably hurt for a while too. I didn't, I wasn't paying attention, but like he essentially, when he was healthy, when he played pretty much dogged it for an entire season, he got sad because Vladimir Telesenko got traded to the Rangers first. So then he decides to just start scoring hat tricks all of a sudden so that he could get traded to the Rangers. And now this is apparently going to happen. And like, I guess this is a good thing. I don't, I don't know. It's just, I feel like I, there can't be a coincidence that this guy was terrible for the most part of the season. And then just decides to score like nine goals in a week. And now, you know, oh, he's back now. Look out. Well, where was he the first six months of the season? Yeah. <laughs> what was he doing was he reading the doing crossword puzzles on the bench like i don't understand so um that's gonna happen you just have to get used to it just prepare yourself for it unless you know like vegas or somebody swoops in and gets them but uh the rangers have been clearing cap space and, and are ready to get them so uh what's your take on, on a patrick kane landing in a rangers jersey which in a way kind of feels inevitable like it feels yeah. like this was always well that's what it is it is it, it, it's felt <laughs> inevitable for you know, seven years like um this uh What's there's a couple of things. One, um, what I don't understand is that everybody who has like a hockey account mm-hmm. where it's like whether it's like cat friendly or puckpedia or then the insiders, mm-hmm. uh, then like even like other random people, everyone's like doing the homework for the Rangers, right? Like, okay, Rangers at noon 
Eastern on Monday, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to put, uh, you know, Craig Lecision down into waivers. Um, and then what we're going to have is we're going to try to see if maybe the uh, San Jose Sharks will, will claim him and you'll use that cap savings to accrue your space. And then on Tuesday, you'll trade for Cali mm. Crafts. Like, this I've right. never seen before. And I've, I've, I've seen a lot of things be done for the Rangers by other people to help the Rangers mm. get what they want or get what, you know, a certain star wants and which is to go to the Rangers. <laughs> uh, this one is new. Like, <laughs> and it just only adds to this entitlement that right. uh, is, is going, is, is just an absolute, you know, at this point it's just a full blown like epidemic right. over there and, and, and that fan base. And right. But, well, but you were saying, them. sorry, go ahead. As I say, you can't blame them because like right. they're having people do their homework for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, so we were talking and you were like, how many people have decided that they would only play for the Rangers? Yes. Going back. I mean, you said six years, but it goes back obviously way before that. Yeah. Like Nash. Matt Gilroy. Like Matt Gilroy. Uh, Marty San Luis. Uh, Keith easy. Yandel, I believe, was one. Right. Kevin Shattenkirk, obviously. Mr. Rangers fan from from upstate. Um, but then now you've got a whole new slew of guys. Yeah. Like Adam Fox, Tarasenko, is, Kane. Who else? Kane. Yeah. It's yeah. Kane, Tarasenko, Fox. Um, hmm. Panarin, obviously. Panarin. Um, and there's another one. And I can't remember. And then, and then uh, oh, Truba. Truba was. Oh, yeah. One. Truba. Yeah. yeah. Truba was like, he had no, no, he had trade protection in Winnipeg, but said he was only going to the Rangers because like, that's where his wife's from or something. And <laughs> she's like a doctor in the city. Right. Like you gotta be kidding me with some of this stuff, <laughs> and then they also won the draft lottery twice. So like, right. it's it's every year there's like a new chapter to this. Uh, there's a there's a song by our friends at the Hold Study called "The Entitlement Crew," and and this is the Rangers. <laughs> they are the Entitlement Crew. They uh, uh, they get this these breaks that like do you, they don't even need that's this is the this is the thing right. The Rangers have had a horseshoe up their ass for two years straight. You know, this is mm-hmm. the second season running uh, in terms of health and just breaks. They they went into the playoffs last year. I forgot that R- Ricard Raquel got a concussion. Like, their anguish traded for him. And then 10 minutes into their series with the Rangers, Ricard Raquel cut concussion. <laughs> then, of course, like, they, they, they played six different goalies in their three right. rounds. Uh, five. Three, three in the Penguin series. Actually, six in the first two rounds. No, no. It was... Three in the Penguins, then the two against uh, the Hurricanes, neither of whom were the starter, and then Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the, the, these breaks just, they keep coming. Mm-hmm. Um, this one feels a little bit like it's tempting fate uh, from, mm-hmm. from my point of view. It feels like maybe uh, Icarus is flying a little too close to the sun because I, I, don't, I don't know, like, does, does Patrick Kane help i don't know does he make them better maybe but does he help mm-hmm. like you're gonna send patrick a line with artemi panarin vincent trocheck and patrick kane out against that four checking of the, the carolina hurricanes you want to mm. do that in the playoffs i don't know i mean and it seems any line against the bruins is going to get chewed up right like period <laughs> like you think patrick kane's going to want you know garnet hathaway flying <laughs> into up him? his ass no. yeah yeah no he he wants to stay along the half wall and pass the puck to his friends, uh, <laughs> Artemi and, and 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 Jacob and whoever else, uh, and and that's about it. Um, so it does feel like they're tempting fate a little bit. It also feels, and I've I've heard this a little bit that uh, 
this one's not really coming from the GM, right? Like this one is clearly coming from uh Guitar Jimmy. Yes. <laughs> this is a Dolan move if there ever was one. I he's got his guy. blues man fedora on and he's like, Give me that Patrick Kane, Jack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he's he's this and that's comforting. Yeah. Uh because the it it doesn't like you want to be more than a one dimensional team in the playoffs. You want to be like a four dimensional team, and uh, the Rangers probably right now are like a two. Uh, <laughs> there's also the the, the ongoing e- Igor Shesterkin versus Larry Brooks feud, which has been fun. <laughs> Keandre Miller spitting someone's like since since this Kane stuff. This is what I'm trying to say. Like maybe Icarus right. did fly too close to the sun right. since since this stuff really started to be like oh, but because it it felt like when Kane said that about the Tarasenko trade, he got like patted on the back and. And everyone in hockey was like, don't worry, buddy. We're going to get you to New York. Right. We're going to yeah. find out a way. We're all going to work hard as we can. We've, we've, you know, Darren Drager's on the case. <laughs> uh, and, and, this, and then since it started to really percolate again, um, of course, we don't root for injuries, but Ryan Lindgren got hurt. Mm. Uh, Igor Shosturkin, uh has his plays dipped, and he's, him and Larry Brooks are in a uh, – yeah, uh, he, he, he committed he the cardinal sin yeah. of not talking to Larry Brooks after a game. So that's uh, DeAndre Miller spit in Drew Doughty's face. Right. Um, so yeah, there's there. I don't know if, if they've lost. I think they're like one three and one. They beat the Kings tonight, uh, but before that, they were like oh three and one. They're not scoring. Vladimir Tarasenko, by the way, is not looking like he's fitting in. Mm. Uh, no, so knock on wood, maybe they they are. Uh, and so I'm I'm. I've got I've had a couple people reach out and be like I'm so pissed that they're going to get Kane mm. and and my response has been I don't think it's a huge deal on the ice and to uh, three different people to their credit uh, pointed out to me it's not about that it's like it's about the entitlement my, my friend Mike who was at the uh, Kings game with pointed out like you know, things that happen to a franchise once every fifteen or twenty years. <laughs> Like six of them have happened to the Rangers in the last three. <laughs> and and he's like, that's what I'm mad about. And right. the fact that the Ranger, Ranger fans just aren't self-aware. So they're just like pumped. And, right. Um, well, it's Yankees disease. But like the Yankees, I mean, okay, they haven't in a while. But like the Yankees are known for winning World Series. Yeah. Like yeah. the Yankees won, you know, more World Series in, you know, between the, at the end of the 1950s and the Rangers have won Stanley Cups in their entire history. So, uh, you know, it's... Um, it it is de- definitely an entitlement issue, but uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't, you know, listen. It's going to be exciting. He's going to show up. He's probably going to score a hat trick in his first game or something like that. Um, but then eventually, you know, reality will set in, and like you said, and they start a playoff series against the Hurricanes or or even the Devils. Like you know, I mean, the Devils are everybody on the Devils is way younger than Patrick Kane is. So I mean, at some yeah. point he's going to get run into the ground a little bit. And uh, you know, he's he's never been a good defensive player, for example. But obviously, can't can't argue with three three Stanley Cups. So and if you and me know that his hip is shot, right? Everybody yeah. else does too. Like I mean, we, we're, we're <laughs> yeah. you know we're not. I don't right. know. I, 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 so yeah. of course we know what's going to happen, right? Like he's going to oh, come. Yeah, gonna he'll, he'll score finals. a hat trick in his first game. He'll do his little you know yeah celebration where he's like skates on one knee to the middle of center ice and mm. the the lights will turn down and all of a sudden it's, you know, a key to the city the, <laughs> and, and all that jazz. And right. uh, he, he becomes, you know, Patrick Kane Rangers legend, but right. uh, yeah. I mean, like you said, it is inevitable. It feels inevitable. It's yeah. another reason to hate them. Definitely. And uh, it, it kind of leads to my next point where we can t- talk about Meyer mm. uh, going to the devils eventually. Um, yeah. 
and and you can kind of throw Orlov and Hathaway in there. It's uh, that the worst part about, or one of the worst parts about being an Islander fan, part of the torture is that you have to kind of do what like you 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 have to be able to not root for your enemies, but almost like turn a blind eye towards other teams doing well and be like, man, I really, not that I hope the devils get Timo Meyer forever, mm-hmm. but um, them getting him, it's, it's almost like a necessary evil, kind of, <laughs> you know, like I, I'll, I'll, I'll equate it to, and uh, you know, FDR and like Joseph Stalin and, and Winston Churchill coming together because uh, you, 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 you're, the Islanders aren't going to get Timo Meyer, and, and someone's mm. going to get Timo Meyer, and it better it might as well be the team that's going to play the Rangers in the first round. <laughs> and I know it's like a cardinal sin a little bit because hey, the Islanders could play the Devils too, and and they're going to be playing the Devils for four times a year in the regular season, and they'll have Timo Meyer, and that'll suck. And yes, it will. Um, but having the Rangers lose in round one. Uh, this year would would be just absolutely wonderful, and similarly <laughs> with with you know the Bruins getting Hathaway and Orlov, like yeah. the Islanders could play the Bruins in round one, and they'd make the Bruins better, and it sucks. Yeah, uh, but we might need these two guys to beat the Leafs, so it's <laughs> like it's just like right. such a hard yeah, and and I hope people understand like I'm not, like where I'm coming from. I'm not mm. you know of course priority number one is the Islanders winning the Stanley Cup, but mm. priority number two is these two teams not so 100 percent. it's yeah. hard to, it's hard to, it's like a hard thing to kind of right. admit to yourself but when you do you feel a little bit better definitely my thing with meyer is i want to see what the extension situation is like like i don't know i mean if he comes here and the devils get him you know for this run but he doesn't want to sign i've heard reports or i should say read tweets from various people that said he doesn't want he's not interested in signing in an extension with anybody which is kind of what a bit of a holdup has been then then i'll be a little bit okay well, well let's see what happens you know all right fine you get him now and we'll see not that i think he's going to sign with the islanders again I, I don't i don't think he would but you know i think that'll be kind of interesting um i am annoyed that the sort of details of this have been kind of coming out like a coffee drip very slowly uh throughout the evening by the time you listen to this maybe the trade is done but like Elliot Friedman keeps putting out these little crumbs of, of, well, I hear the holdup is this, or this person might be involved or this other dude, just, just wait until the damn deal is done and then send it out. But, um, you know, here's my thing with, with the devils. Like I feel totally different than with the Rangers with with the Rangers. Again, they just get what they want and they'll have always gotten that way. And people are bending over backwards to make it happen. And I don't know why, because nobody does this for like, the Cowboys or the Lakers, like everybody's like F- the Lakers, right? <laughs> the Cowboys, but like for whatever reason, the Rangers and Leafs. It's like, oh, I can't wait to see them get this guy. Yeah. What? What are you talking about? Tarasenko and, and yeah. Aaron on the same line. Oh, oh I can't goodness. wait to see Tarasenko on Broadway. What? Nobody talks about that when when John Carlos Nan got traded to the Yankees. People are like F- the Yankees, right? Like, <laughs> just nobody else gets that. I don't know why. Anyway, um, the other thing that drives me crazy about the Rangers is like, do these guys know what living in New York is like? They can't own a car. They, everything is very expensive. They can't own a house. Like, why would Patrick Kane want to play in New York? I don't understand. Yeah. He plays in Madison Square Garden. Who cares? You play in the United Center. Like, what difference is it? Anyway, um, I just, but with Meyer, like with the, with the Devils, I find it kind of interesting because, like, yes, it's been irritating that they're good this year and nobody expected that. But, like, you know, this has always been the position I wish the Islanders had been in, which is, like, you've accrued cap space. 
you've gotten good. Your your kind of young players have all coalesced at one time. You've gotten enough saves from your goalie to to make your team really good. And now you've opened the possibility to get somebody like a Timo Meyer, like you know that big kind of UFA that you could bring in. So I I applaud them. Like, hey, that's great for you. I mean, this is what I always wanted from the Islanders during like the Tavares era. Their payroll was peanuts. I hope that they got enough juice, you know, out of the out of the season and and you know made enough waves that around trade deadline time they could go out and get a I don't know enter you know free agent player here uh, and use those the, that cap space to their advantage. They never did, and so I can't really rightfully get on the devil's case for doing that. Again, I'm interested to see if he wants to sign here. He, he is uh, Swiss, I believe, or and uh, Nico Hischier obviously is as well so you know there could be a match there and and obviously him and jack hughes together would be pretty terrorizing but you know again i don't the 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 devil's top unit you know dougie hamilton those guys are all really good i'm not sure about the bottom half of that that lineup and again their goaltending is a couple of guys making saves basically you know a couple of okay guys so We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's but. it's it's uh, you know, I always say it's the enemy of your enemy is your friend mm-hmm, kind of thing mm-hmm. with the Devils. And you know what's funny is that um, you know the the Canadians did that thing with like the fiftieth anniversary. Yeah, and then I saw a, a, a post on Reddit somewhere um, about how like the Islanders and Canadians are friends. A little bit, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a nice it's just video like, they did, yeah. But, but yeah, I and I I'm like, yeah, it is. Like it's true mm-hmm. because the what the Canadians deal with on an everyday basis uh, with. The Leafs, like, yeah. the, first of all, like, common enemy, mm. uh, Toronto. Um, and then also, like, you can kind of understand what's going on. Like, you understand what it's like to be, uh, you know, dealing with this insufferable uh, <laughs> kind of, right. you know, rival that's not mm. far from you. And I know that there's, you know, Quebec and Ontario might as well be different countries, but you get the gist of it. And, um you know, with with the Devils, it's it's so funny how it's just, and, and of course, like the Islanders and Devils, the, the last meaningful game that these two teams played was nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, I was gonna say like Easter Sunday, and it only right. mattered to one. The other team started Scott Clemenson in goal for the fourth time that season, and um, like it's it, like it's just never. And like there's Chico Resch, who's, who's who's like an ambassador for both, and he's just the nicest mm. guy ever. It's it's almost like the Islanders and Devils playing different conferences, like. Yeah. It's it's strange how this mm. ends up, and it's because the common enemy there right. uh, is 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 the big bad one, the Rangers, and um, so and that's that kind of adds to uh, you know what I was getting at about like boy if if the Devils got Timo Meyer, and I've been saying this for a while, I wouldn't really care because uh, for a lot of for first of all for big portions of the season, it looked like the Islanders were heading to the golf course uh, sometime mm. in in early April, and then. Uh, <laughs> You know, it does complicate things that the, those feelings a little bit that, that they're in the thick of the race now. But mm. uh, yeah, it's just like I I was I wasn't like I was rooting for the Devils to beat the Los Angeles Kings in that <laughs> uh, Stanley Cup. But God damn it, like was yeah. I the biggest Devils fan you've ever seen? The series right. before that when they beat the Rangers, yeah. like got to know everything about that team that I, you know, watching the games and texting mm-hmm. my buddy who is a devil's fan and being like, God damn it. Like, you know, <laughs> what is, you know, should Litsky doing pinching there and stuff like that on goals and stuff or, yeah. you know, and, and of course I'm a big proponent of Adam Henry getting a statue yeah. at UBS <laughs> arena, but like, you know, it's, it, it, it's so different. Like the devil's winning. It would be annoying. Mm. The Rangers winning. Crushing. It, it, 
Yeah, it would be definitely, definitely. I, I mean, I, I don't think either team is really in danger of winning a cup. When you say winning, I don't think it's really that. But you know, if the Devils went on a run, went to the conference finals, lost to the Bruins, like that would be fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> I got no problem with that. If the Rangers did that, I, it would, it would like shake my world for months until. Yeah, I mean, last year I was a wreck. I was right. just an absolute yeah, exactly. wreck watching this team, right. watching them catch you know break after break, and seeing Tristan here, seeing a tweet. I remember. To, to vividly someone tweeting that is probably Josh Yowie, our, our friend hmm. uh, that, that uh, like a week before the playoffs that Tristan Jerry had to be like wheeled out for the Penguins hmm. team photo and be like, Oh, so he's <laughs> not going to play against the Rangers is what you're telling us. Right. Yeah. Great. <laughs> um, we got some breaking news, by the way, uh, Timo Meyer has been finally traded to the New Jersey devils along with Scott Harrington defenseman. Who's played for just about half the teams in the league besides the Islanders. Uh, in exchange, the Sharks get a ton of guys. Like, they get four guys. Uh, Shakir Mahmoudlin, who was a, a fun draft pick from a few years ago. Fe- Fabian Zetterlin, Andres Johansson, Nicole- Nikita Oktudiuk. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering the ma- poor man's name. I apologize. Uh, and uh, their first round pick this year and a conditional first for next year. Uh, what the condition is, I have absolutely no idea. Probably, probably depends on him re-signing. But Obviously, I don't know. Don't don't hold me to that. So so it's a lot of guys for Timo Meyer, basically, is what it comes down to. And hey, you know what? They didn't lose any of their bigger prospects, apparently. So I guess that's that's fine. I don't know. I'm again I'm interested to see how it shakes out. So congrats to Timo Meyer and the Devils. Welcome to New Jersey. Here's your bus pass. You know, whatever <laughs> the mall is that way, I guess is really nothing else for me to tell. <laughs> yeah, it's just nice that it's over too. It's I'm glad it's uh, over finally. Yeah. yeah. So let's look I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say we're gonna look at the trade deadline. Um, yeah, because what I was going to say was that, my God, it's been annoying just hearing like this has been a terribly annoying trade deadline. It's been months. It's been Awful. it's it's right. What the problem is, like, I think the the oversaturation of insiders yeah. is the problem here is that uh, every every episode of like 32 thoughts or podcasts like it is just like a trade deadline episode, except the trade deadline is in March right? and they gear every episode to lead up to March 3rd. Yeah. So that means on November 6th, you're hearing about Timo Meyer. Well, what are you hearing about Timo Meyer now? Mm. Well, you know, this is, this is going to happen eventually. And like, you can only say that 600 times before I want to like reach through the headphones and just be like, can you guys please, Hmm. move on to something else and it's, you know it's jacob chikrinitis right like right. like this guy still hasn't been traded we're talking well, here okay yeah so let's talk about well first of all so the first half you speaking about 32 thoughts specifically the first half was literally about the canucks and bruce boudreau that was the first half of the entire season was yes. about this one team not firing their coach then he got fired and then it became okay now we're on to trade deadline stuff and that was in january <laughs> so like three months of trade deadline stuff and, you know, now things are at least are moving, but it's fine. Finally, you know, it's taken a long time to get these things moving. Jacob Chikrin is still out there. If this guy isn't traded this year, I think the Coyotes should be suspended from operations forever because I'm tired of hearing about this guy. I don't know who died and made this guy, you know, Larry Robinson or Dennis Potvin or Brad Park or Bobby Orr, whoever he's supposed to be. There's no way this guy could ever live up to the hype of his trade that has now gone on for three seasons. Just trade the guy around. I don't know what they want. Just trade him already or don't and say, we're not trading him. He's our guy walk away. And that's the end of that story. 
Um, as far as other UFAs go, uh, we talked about Kane. I got the cap friendly up here. Jonathan Taves is pretty quiet. I guess he's not going anywhere. O'Reilly already got traded. Of course, he scored a hat trick for the Leafs. Um, he has less points this year than Josh Bailey going into that trade. So I'm interested <laughs> to see how that works out. Uh, Tarasenko, we talked about. Uh, Van Riemsdyk, James Van Riemsdyk from Philly is available. Um, you know, nine goals this year, 23 points. I don't know where he's going to go at. John Kligberg was available, which was the whole thing. He signed with Anaheim for the one year, figuring, well, if we stink, they could trade me someplace. Guess what? He got hurt. So I don't know what's going to happen to him. Same with Max Pacioretty. David Pasternak's not going anywhere, so don't bother. He's going to get signed there. Uh, Alex Dabrinkit, maybe? Could move somewhere, but you know the Senators again are just just on the outside of the. They're trying to pretend like they're still in the playoffs. It's really cute, but uh, I don't think he's going to go anywhere either. They're probably going to hold on to him. Uh, Monahan, Sean Monahan from Montreal. He, I could see him getting traded some place. Dylan Larkin's not going anywhere. Meyer, we just talked about. Eric Johnson's not going anywhere in Car- in Colorado. In fact, the Avalanche they just reacquired yes. Stanley Cup champion Jack Johnson <laughs> from the Blackhawks. So they made their big move, I guess. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, he's not going anywhere. And if he is, he's going to sign at the end of the year with Montreal. Uh, Jordan Stahl is a UFA? Well, he ain't going anywhere. Uh, Matt Dumba is another guy who's been traded. Matt Dumba was Jacob Chikrin before Jacob Chikrin because he was the guy who was also getting traded every summer. And he never did. Uh, but the Wild are still very much alive, so they're not going anywhere. Nobody wants Milan Lucic, although I could see him getting some going someplace because the Flames, unfortunately, have they've had a very bad season. We, we talked about them last week. They're just one of the they're they're very, pretty much like the Western Conference Islanders. Like they just yeah. they never can never get any traction. They're just every time you think that they're okay, they they fall apart. Kyle Posa is a UFA. That would be interesting ad for the Islanders. <laughs> no. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Jonathan Quick, who pissed himself today against uh the uh the rangers uh yeah he's he's a ufa too he's not going anywhere um who else? jonathan druan gustav nyquist jason zucker i mean i don't know who's really left. oh andrew ladd our buddy look at that uh he's available too jesper bratt's not going anywhere patrick hornquist these are all guys from teams that um you know aren't that good oh evgeny dadnov sorry he got traded dadnov got traded from montreal to dallas for um uh, I forget his first name, Guryanov. Yeah, uh, and, uh, a Vitaly Krasov kind of guy where everyone's like, this, yeah. he's the next big thing, but right. never plays. Well, Guryanov had that great bubble. He's, yeah. He was one of the reasons the Stars went to the finals. And then he's, another, I don't think he's scored the same amount of goals combined since then. So um, there is one guy on this list that may, oh, Tyler Bertuzzi, not happening. Um, there is one guy on this list that might actually, I think, garner some attention particularly from the islanders and that is shane gostas bear uh he is also with the coyotes and listen we know what this guy can do he's a power play guy he's never gonna win any defensive awards but he's got 29 points on nine goals 20 assists i can see the islanders wanting to take a look at him they have really no defensemen that can you know break the puck out of their own zone (laughs) uh you know maybe with the exception of noah dobson and i don't know he's sometimes he doesn't look sometimes he looks very confused out there and sometimes he doesn't so um it's possible i guess vince dunn is also oh he's vince dunn is an rfa so he's not going um tristan jari is a ufa really that's unfortunate um but yeah so i I don't know i mean i think gostas bear might be an interesting an interesting case uh that that's possible to be picked up but other than that, a lot of these guys. Oh, Debrinket is a, is an RFA. Excuse me. Uh, so he uh, he might get uh, you know if he gets traded somewhere, he might sign. Oh, and I guess oh, I'm a dope. Meyer is also an RFA, so he's gonna have to he's do some big qualifying offer, I guess, uh, from the devil. So uh, is there anybody uh, you're kind of looking at uh, this particular trade deadline? Not necessarily 
you know, related to the Islanders, but just kind of anybody in general that you think might, uh, yeah, might uh, move. There's like a, a couple of things that I'll predict here is one, like, <laughs> uh, I can tell you, actually, let's start with what I, I don't want to see the Leafs or Rangers get, uh, Nick Jensen from mm. the Capitals. Cause he's good. Um, I'd right. rather them also not get, uh, Gavrikov who like, he's probably a little overrated, but <laughs> is good. Um, another guy that gets talked about. It's yeah, <laughs> um, it, it's just been insufferable. It's mm. just been tough to, to listen. That's the problem. It's just like, we're, we, we make fun of like the TSN show, uh, which is going to be hilarious on Friday. Yeah. If, if all these guys, cause it, it, you know, it's great as everyone complains, there's no trades in the NHL. Then people start getting traded and then everyone complains. Well, what's going to happen on Friday? Friday's going to be so boring. Um, but that we make fun of that TSN show because they just fill time. And mm. I've come to realize, well, every, you know, the, 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 the hockey mainstream media podcast that I listen to is they just do that show for one hour at a time from mm. October 1st to July, whatever their last show is. Uh, and it's, it's tough to listen to. Like you're going to hear about next trade. I wonder if that's the one that gets done in the summer. Mm. This is a quote or, or the uh, one of my favorite tried and truisms from those podcasts is Vegas or any team in the NHL. They they mentioned like thirty different teams. Right. They're going to be one of the most fascinating teams yeah. come the trade deadline. You've named every team. <laughs> You've named every team in, in right. that sentence. So yeah. Um. So yeah. But my predictions, uh, like I said, I don't want to see those guys go. I I mean, one of my predictions. This is like an easy layup that the the Leafs will trade for someone um you know some fringe guy maybe it'll be like Eric Gustafson or something <laughs> and then the next thing you know there's three articles about him and how he's uh he's gonna be just the perfect so great. Yeah. yeah perfect fit fixed how how working with you know some former Leaf who's now there like how uh how Aki Berg fixed uh <laughs> Eric Gustafson's defensive zone coverage um <laughs> So that that's definitely one prediction will come true. The other one, of course, is uh, Islander related. So there's a difference between like what you want and what you think is going to happen. And, and what I want to happen is the Islanders to Gossip Spare would be great. Like I would, yeah. I think he would be perfect for this team. He can move the puck. Mm. Uh, he's and he's definitely not going to cost much either. Like, yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he will. Right. Uh, and like he, he's. He, he's not as good as Devontae's, but like he, or he's like closer to Nick Letty mm. that we saw towards the end of Nick Letty's kind of prime than he is to Devontae's. I would say he's maybe a little bit better than what Letty was his last year with the Islanders, but um, he's, he's, they sorely would need that kind of guy. Like just right. someone who can, they, they got Bo Horvat, who's someone who can, you know, just turn, can create a scoring chance pretty easily. And now they need someone who can break the puck out easily and he'd right. be great. Uh, but like I would love for them to go after some, you know, just some guys dumpster diving. Like <laughs> I don't care. I don't because what they're doing right now is is absurd. <laughs> they're going into Winnipeg with Otto Koivula as their fourth line center because right. Pajot's hurt, and and if Pajot's going to be out even like four more games, those games are so important. Yeah, they're so important that you need somebody who's better than Otto Koivula to play right. Otto Koivula's minutes. So I don't care who it is, like. You can you can throw out whatever you know, like I said, dumpster dive, fourth line center. You want Derek Grant from the Ducks? Don't right. care. 
Where's Sam Gagne down. these days? Get Sam, Sam Gagne, Gagne. Come, <laughs> come on down. Like, right. doesn't matter to me. Give, send a six conditional six round pick right. to whatever team to get Chris Tierney down here. Like, I don't <laughs> care. Tierney, yeah. um, I you know what? I don't care who it is. Like, it just mm-hmm. just get get someone who's better than Otto Koivula. Because guess what? There's 700 of them in the NHL. Right. Uh, yeah. to, to play these these important games. So, right. that, I would like something like that to happen. And Gossis Bear would be like kind of the uh crown jewel and, and i really wouldn't mind if like there was if if somebody th- i think like logically like they should maybe think about moving moving mayfield i don't think it'll happen yeah. right but like logically if you're because i don't think that they should extend him and if somebody mm. throws a first round pick at them you should probably take it yeah. uh, or even like a second i don't know like however you think uh he's worth i mean i because- think a second would be good I, i'm i'm this is a conversation for another day, but I'm very afraid of like a Scott Mayfield extension. Like I like Scott yeah. Mayfield. He's done a lot for the Islanders, obviously in, in the playoffs. I am that can go sideways very quickly. Yeah. I don't want that to. And if it's, <laughs> and, and if that's the kind of the, how the team's attitude is towards it, then they right. should just, you know, yeah. trade for him because Scott Mayfield might be the type of player that really helps you in the playoffs, but he doesn't really help you get there. Right. Um, like the difference between Scott Mayfield and like Parker Watherspoon or Samuel Boldu <laughs> would probably not be that pronounced. Yeah. I, I also That's, feel like people he's the, he's one of the very few Islanders that I think people will overrate. Yeah. I feel like a team I don't want to say I don't want to see him in a Leafs jersey, but like couldn't you see the Leafs like being like, This guy's really good. Right. He's really you know, so like a team mm-hmm. like that that wants that kind of juice for the playoffs. The 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 scary part is like the Islanders, this this like crew of Islanders from mm. the second Tavares left became about like the psyche and the yeah the kind of we over me mentality and if we if we buy in like you got to support us. Mm. So if you trade Scott Mayfield in in a quote unquote like seller move where you trade him for a future asset, yeah, like what does that do to the team's psych- psyche? Right, yeah, especially you know, and, and I can, and I, I'd listen to that argument. Like I would, like right. I think there's some logic to it. I don't think there's any right or wrong way to feel about this. Yeah. Um, this is kind of just like how I how I would attack it. And then, uh, you know, for for Varlamov, I think it it honestly just comes down to Sorokin, right? Like, yeah, does this guy that you need to extend this guy? So like, right. does does Simeon Varlamov sticking around on a cheap deal? increase your chances of signing Sorokin to a long-term deal like 5%. Because if it doesn't, it's probably worth keeping Simeon Varlamov around as long as Ilya Sorokin wants. Because he's great. Like, I mean, yeah. we saw it today. Like, he's Simeon Varlamov starts for 16 teams in the NHL today, right? <laughs> well, so I'm, Yeah, I'm less worried about a Varlamov extension. Because I'm I'm yeah. guarantee he's going to come back. But I feel like, you know, his days of making $5 million a year are over. Exactly. Yeah, he's oh. going it, to, it, like, you're, you're not going to get $5 million off the books but with right. him. But, like, you'll probably get three. This is very naive and people would laugh at me if I put this out on Twitter. So I'm going to put this out on my own podcast. So Varlamov makes 5 million uh, right now. And Sorokin makes four. If you give Varlamov two and you take that three and you give it to Sorokin and he makes seven to me, that makes a lot of sense. Like I just, that's what I would do if I was Lou Lamarello. I don't know. Again, that's very naive of me. I get it. You know, Sorokin is way worth probably way more than seven a year, but to to me, the guy who doesn't understand math, that's what I and, and and like who knows like incarcerated Bob, who yeah. like will will always go down as the man who broke the Thomas Vanek yes. for Matt Molson trade. So I trust him with my life. He said that uh, he said that Lamarillo's got stuff cooking, and mm. uh, so you never know. And so maybe we see like another, you know, out of the blue, right. blue move, and and yeah. the next thing you know, the Islanders are, are are lining up with 
you know, Nick Schmaltz or and mm. Shane Goss bear, who knows? Right. But uh I I'll say this, like part of it is that they only have one game between now and then. Yeah. I am I'm looking forward to it because the Islanders they might they're look, they're not gonna do anything in all likelihood. They're gonna stamp Pat, they'll extend Zach Parisi, let's hope. Mm. Six year deal at the veteran minimum for a <laughs> year. Like, you know, just like right. till he's till that guy can get to his a thousandth game as a New York Islander. Yeah. Um the uh but they're probably not gonna do anything. Um but mm. the the it's the hope that kills you and it's the hope mm. and it's the the incessant rumors of uh, well, what, what do you see? What do you know about yeah. this player that kills you too? Fortunately, we're we're almost through. <laughs> we're almost yeah. through through that era uh, right now. A couple of guys, real quick. I, we've been running along, but a couple of guys, real quick. Apparently, Tanner Janot is not a not a UFA, but apparently the the Lightning have their eyes on him. Uh, that would be the perfect Lightning move because uh, they. That's they, another they one too, in. right? Like right. Stalin, Churchill, and FDR. Yeah. Get, Send Tyler Bertuzzi and Tanner Janot to the Lightning so that they can just pulverize Mitch Marner. Yeah, <laughs> that w- works for me. I, th- I think yeah. Tyler Bertuzzi would really like Florida for the for that matter. Uh, and I, I think <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of thing you know that that would happen too. There was another guy I was just thinking of too that that's apparently kind of on on teams' radars. Uh, that's that's not an RFA or or UFA, but you know might be somebody that with a, a re- oh Nick Schmaltz uh another coyote he's for for the coyotes he's making a mint basically he's making like 4.6 a year or something maybe more i think maybe 6.4 something like that um but he's a guy who could who could move someplace too if you have the space he's a guy who who could be helpful too don't know if i'd want him on the islanders i don't know he's definitely not worth that much but we'll have to see what happens speaking of the Nashville predators and we got to do this real quick unfortunately um they made some news today david poyle announcing that he's going to be stepping down and retiring as general manager he's obviously been the only general manager in, in predators history a remarkable run of 20 whatever years and his replacement who will take over apparently for sure on Ju- june 30th is none other than mr barry trotz uh who will be brought in for the time being and then kind of i guess learn the ropes from from his buddy David Poyle and then take over at the end of June. So congrats to Barry. And I put this out on Twitter and I'll say it here and I'll say it to the day I die. On behalf of all Islanders fans, thank God that this guy is going <laughs> back to Nashville and he's not going someplace else. He's not going to the Leafs. He's not going to the Rangers. He's going to Nashville. That is totally fine if it's not the island. I think Nashville and Winnipeg, obviously where he's from, would have been the perfect you know, exa- you know uh, landing places for him. But uh, no, that that's great. And and in the unlikely event that the Islanders and Predators hook up in a Stanley Cup final, <laughs> we will deal with those emotions then. <laughs> but until then, uh, congrats, Barry. Well-deserved. Uh, and uh, best of luck out there. See what happens. Uh, I'm interested to see how he does as a GM. We know how he does as a coach, but this is going to be a whole yeah, other maybe, maybe he. I mean, he talked about how much he loved Josh Bailey's hockey IQ and, you know. Maybe he wants to trade for Now we got to start making lists of Islanders we want to. Don't yeah. off on the predators. <laughs> the uh, there was a part of the season where the Leafs and Rangers were both kind of slumping, and you couldn't even enjoy it. Yeah, right. because of the Barry Trotz thing looming. Yeah. Uh, oh, one hundred percent. Oh, so, Sheldon Keefe was as good as fired at one point. Right. Yeah, and then it was Jared Gallant <laughs> was getting in another cab, and Trotz right. was in Manhattan already, and like <laughs> looking at apartments. Right. Good God. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm 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 so happy that he's in like the maybe the most harmless spot right. when it comes to the Islanders. Even right. Vancouver would have been acceptable, yeah. but for whatever reason, they would preferred Rick Tockett over Barry Trotz. Okay, guys, good luck. With that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that that just happened tonight, and and that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, I'm excited for it too. Like it's just it it it'll be I think it'll just be funny to have this this kind of Islanders Predators connection yeah. um in the summer, you know. Because another another thing that these uh insiders like to do is talk about how this player is gonna like I think it's Dante Frabro right now from the Predators. Well, oh yeah, another definitely one, yeah. getting traded to the Sharks because he played for uh mm. Dave Quint and went to BU <laughs> or something like right. How how many times do those things get mentioned and right. actually happen? Because it's the yeah. the batting average must be like did, absolutely below the Mason. Did you know that Sharks winger Kevin LeBanc was from Staten Island? <laughs> did you know that Staten Island is a mere uh, f- what forty five minute drive from UBS Arena? So there you go. <laughs> I, I, I've said again, I've said this before on the show. Mike Richter was going to sign with the Flyers every year. He was a free agent because he was from he's from Philly. And he never did. <laughs> the guy mm-hmm. was drafted a Ranger, retired a Ranger. That's it. So, yeah, those things, they never work out. But, uh, yeah, good luck to Barry. We can't wait. It'll be nice to have him back in. And, and whatever newsletter he's putting out with his uh, aspirational phrases, I want to sign up. Yep. So I hope he gets in on it. Uh, okay. A couple of things before we sign off. Hopefully nothing. Hopefully not too much of what we talked about is already uh, obsolete by the time you hear this. Um, but uh, a, a couple of announcements. Um, we heard Mike mentioned. Uh, we heard from our friends uh, Michael Smith and his wife Jillian Pensavale, uh, and they are organizing a uh, a gala for an organization called Ollie's Angels Animal Rescue. It's a winter gala. It's out on the island at uh, the Piermont in Babylon. It's a black tie affair, and all the proceeds go directly to the animal rescue. So. If you want to learn more, I have the link here. It's called Ollie's Angels Animal Rescue.org. Check it out. Uh, again, it is a black tie affair. So, you know, don't show up in like sandals and, and shorts or anything. But uh, yeah, you can't wear your Andy Hilbert jersey. Don't wear your Andy Hilbert jersey. Don't even wear a black Islanders uh, yeah. Brooklyn jersey. That, that doesn't have, that's not how it works with a tie. Don't do that. Uh, but it is, it is for a great cause and the money goes right to the Animal Rescue and it's hosted by our friends. So check it out. I'll put the link in there again. It's Ollie's Angels Animal Rescue.org. And if you can't make it to the gala, hey, why don't you donate a few bucks too? Uh, okay. Uh, what else? We put out a great episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast on Friday with the absolutely fantastic Justin Bourne. Uh, he was the subject and he told, talked to us all about his training camp. He promised us he made a huge promise to us that we won't let him forget that he is going to put us in touch with one Wade Dublowitz. And so we will finally get to talk with the man himself. Uh, <laughs> and so we gotta, we gotta keep working on that. But in the meantime, listen to the episode with Justin. It was great. He's got a book out now about his battle with alcoholism and his relationship with his dad, Bob Bourne, obviously an Islanders legend himself. And so check that out, check out the episode. Follow Justin everywhere you can because he's just a great guy. So do that. Uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. We're going to follow this up with some information about the future of the show. So we're going to leave that to a separate, shorter episode. I will tell you that uh, our sort of hosting thing with SB Nation is continuing for at least another month. Uh, not due to anything we did or anything uh our uh, we're actually we signed up with a new network that we'll tell you all about when it's all up and running but uh the sb nation guys are morons basically is what we're they, they didn't expect people to like want to continue blogging and podcasting after they cut their their uh contract short and have apparently been a little bit surprised by that uh change in uh where they expected so um they're right now it's status quo you don't have to worry about anything but we have signed up with a new network and their their platform is going to be the same platform we've been using now. And so the idea is, again, you would your feed would transfer over to a new feed all within the back end. You would never know anything is going on. 
Uh, but that that's on on the back burner, unfortunately. On, on, I should say on hold f- for right now. But uh, once we once that happens, we'll definitely let you know. But it's not our fault. It's not the new network's fault. It's the old network's fault because they're dopes. Uh, so, but we'll have more for that. Uh, but yeah, check out right after this. You'll see another new episode that will have a lot of information that you're going to want, and uh, it will it will make uh, a lot of things a lot more clear uh, going forward. So check that out. Uh, Michael Leboff, any final thoughts on uh, the trade deadline before it happens? Um, I'm, I'm interested to see if any of your predictions come true. Well, you know that one. It's like you know it's going to be uh, that. Uh, we saw it with Colin Blackwell last year and uh, you know, whoever, <laughs> wow. who, you know, who knows, who knows who it's, I can't tell you exactly who it's going to be, mm. but the Leafs are going to get the final piece of the puzzle and, and some mm-hmm. sort of seventh defenseman. I remember when they traded for Ben Hutton um, a couple oh, yeah. years ago. I think that was in the bubble. Like, and they're like this is a perfect mm. number, number eight defenseman. <laughs> Mm. please shut the fuck up like please <laughs> Aaron De- when they signed Aaron Dell there's an actual oh, yeah. tweet from James Myrtle where he was talking about how Dubas got his number three goalie like this was a great move mm. um so yeah you'll, you'll hear something about that but uh yeah no I'm, I'm excited I'm I'm you know like the the belief the belief really is back for right now it's and because there's only one game you know a lot mm. of times when we sign off these shows it's like they have three games and four nights coming up. So who knows where we'll be on, on Sunday. Um, they only have one game between now and the deadline. And then they play Saturday too, which is a huge game, of course, but like it's yeah. it, the, the, the chance that, that the belief will be gone by the next time we talk is much lower than it has felt. And I right. really appreciate that because uh, when the Islanders started the season two and four, I was like, Jesus Christ, we're not going to even get meaningful games in November. And then, then when they went through their swoon, when Pellick and Palmieri got hurt, I was like, God, they're not even going to get us to New Year's Day. And, mm. you know, somehow this team, through blood, sweat, tears, and Brock Nelson and Ilya Sorokin got us to March, yeah. meaningful games in March. When mm. I was growing up as an Islander fan, all I cared about was getting a meaningful game in March. <laughs> and I'm back to being 13 again, so I'm pretty excited. Uh, there you go. About, I didn't think it this. would come to this, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, we're back, baby. Yeah, we're, back. we're back. Yeah. Um. Uh. But also, breaking news to the breaking news. Apparently, it's not Timo Meyer and Scott Harrington for a bunch of guys. It's Timo Meyer, Scott Harrington, a small bunch of guys for a larger bunch of guys. So uh, go check that out. Uh, that's what I get for reading breaking news on the show. Uh. But yeah, where, where can everybody find you on Twitter? By the way, Mike. The Big Lee Basket with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read his work at Action Network. Listen to his podcast at Action Network as well. And uh, we'll be back next week. And uh, we'll see how this whole trade deadline thing shakes out. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye.